Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We have to be very careful with our kids. Every one of our kids are different. They're all unique. They're all gifted by God. They're all loved. They're all adequate. They're all secure. And they belong to us. We need to love them equally and encourage them to do what God needs them to do. Where does their worth come? Not because they're part of our family or we have this educational thing or we live in this kind of a home or dad's the pastor. That isn't where worth comes from. When God made Adam, he told Adam who he was. Adam's problem was that knowing what God told him wasn't enough. And ever since then, mankind has not been interested in hearing what God had to say about them and their condition to their eternal doom. But Pastor Mark will be teaching today that because God made mankind, he actually does know what's best for them. You'll get to learn God's intention for humanity and how you can get on the path to fulfilling your original intent. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 with the continuing series called Motivational Gifts. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Why did he do all of that? Why did he do all these miracles? Why did he take one angel and just 185,000 people gone? How can that happen? He did verse 29, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So if we think too highly of ourselves, we're actually giving honor to us and not God. Now, what does that mean? Well, we can have false humility, so you have to be careful, all of us. People quite often will say to you, man, that was incredible. That was really neat what you did for that person's life or whatever. Thank you, Marge. It was just just God. You know, it's like... (laughs) What I try to do is just go... When people say, well, that was a great sermon, I said, thanks very much. God was really good, wasn't he? Because I know where the sermon came from. So do you, is God. So there's nothing wrong with giving a person a compliment. But we don't want false humility. Hate false humility. Don't you? All this kind of stuff. It just, you just don't want it. Someone, one of the great Bible teachers, once somebody picked him up at the airport and he said something like this, Mr. So-and-so, you're an incredible, useful man of God and you're unbelievable. Had to be from London. And what a God just uses magnificently. I'm just an old chimney sweep. 
Now, what do you expect that person to say back to the man? No, you're just as valuable to God as I am. Well, basically he said back, oh, you're chimney sweep, eh? Well, praise the Lord. Well, it'll take care of it, won't it? You see, we want somebody to come back and say, no, you're really important. I knew it all along. I just wanted to hear you say it. (laughs) So, we have to be careful with false humility that we don't go there. Now, so if that's you tonight, we're, we're, we're examining ourselves. Is your worth tonight, your value of yourself too high? Because you put yourself almost above God. I'm the one that got this. I'm the one that got that. I'm the one that's doing this. Well, let's go to the next one. The next one is uh, a too low, a deflated ego. These people think not too high, but exactly the opposite. They're nobodies. They feel useless. They feel inadequate. And that comes from being inferior, insecure, and inadequate. Now, where does that come from? Lots of ways in all of our lives because of our dysfunctional homes. But we deflate our worth or value often because we're listening to the lies, number one, of Satan, and number two, of others. Satan is always trying to deflate who we really are. He's usually coming to us and saying, and he uses fear to do it. You're going to try to do what? Well, but God opened the door. You know, we argue with him. But God opened the door for me. God didn't open that. You opened it. You go through that door. You're going to take that step of faith. You're going to fail. And so then we begin thinking, whoa, guess he is right. Remember, fear is the enemy of faith. So when I hear that, when I know obviously God's opened the door, I don't want to be feeling inferior or insecure because I already learned that if God calls me to do something, he'll, he'll equip me to do it. He'll stretch me to do it. The other thing that happens is Satan will say, well, you know, you're going to do that? Well, yeah, I'm going to do it because God opened this door for me to do it. Well, what, if, what will people think if you fail? See, I'm back to my worth now from who? From people, not, not from God. I'm back to, ooh, what if, I, what if I do? You know, we've had a good run of seven things in a row here. You know, God's been, I just tell you, God's, God's been very gracious to us in this church in the last uh, almost 14 years. Oh, we've made plenty of mistakes. But God's protected us from making big ones. Now, what's the danger of that? When God says to step out, do this, and we go, we're going to kind of protect our turf here. I don't think we want to do that. There's a little risk involved in that. We talked about this in our leadership meeting the other night. You see, when when you start operating in fear rather than faith, Satan's got us. Now, we're not going to be stupid, but we have to we have to operate in faith. And by the way, how how does faith come? You know the verse. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. So we're back to what God thinks about us again. In that leadership meeting, we mentioned a lot of neat things. Montgomery Wards. Anybody remember that day? Monkey Wards? Monkey Wards was taken over by basically Sears replaced it. Kmart came along and replaced Sears. Now there's two losers together. (laughs) What replaced Kmart? Walmart. What replaced Walmart? 
Tarjay. You have to say it like that because it's... And, and how did all that happen? Well, in the corporate world, people began to be what? Fearful. Protect the turf. Not take steps of faith. So many of us, when we think we're successful, we have to be very careful because God's not into that. He always wants steps of faith. So tonight, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter, you're, you're close by, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. By the way, can, can you instill in your children insecurity, being inferior, inadequate? Can you? Can you do the opposite? Yes, you can. And we have to be very careful with that. I came across an incredible uh, uh, statement from the board of directors. This was a few years ago of Promise Keepers. He says this. Several years ago, my second son, Steve, tried out for the high school football team. One day he walked into my office and proclaimed with great excitement, Dad, I made the team. I turned and said, yeah, but are you starting? When the words came out, guess what? Whoa, wrong statement. He says, Steve walked away crushed. At the time, Steve was a junior in high school, and I just assumed that he would make the team. I was so preoccupied that I didn't take the time to understand what was important to Steve. So what did he just say to Steve? Oh, cool, but you're not good enough if you're not starting. We have to be very careful with our kids. Every one of our kids are different. They're all unique. They're all gifted by God. They're all loved. They're all adequate. They're all secure, and they belong to us. We need to love them equally and encourage them to do what God needs them to do. Where does their worth come? Not because they're part of our family or we have this educational thing or we live in this kind of a home or dad's the pastor. That isn't where worth comes from. Worth comes same place my worth comes from, God. Make sure your kids understand that. Now, the second thing we can do is we can deflate our worth when we start comparing ourselves with others. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. We, dare, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Take a look at this team. This morning, this is our Managua team. By the way, you need to be praying for them. They're down in Managua. A surge also, our ministry intern is down in Haiti at the moment, ministering down there, teaching pastors. Let me ask you a question as you look at this. Which person on this team is of more value than the others? Well, we know the answer tonight. Well, Pastor Mark, they're all equal. Well, what about before tonight? Which one's the most important? Which one do you think God thinks is the most important? That, that's the answer, isn't it? And what is the answer? They're all important. Now, let me ask you a question. Very important. Just pick any one you want. And what if that individual thinks too highly of themselves on this team? Will that affect the team and the work that can be done in Managua? Will it? All you have to ask is the team of Philadelphia. Terrell Owens. I'm the man. 
Give me a quarterback, throw me the ball. The rest of the team is not really important. I'm the man. That's exactly what he said. And you know what? I hate to see another team will pick him up. Because all they think about is winning. They don't think anything about morals. They don't think about lessons. Somebody spoiled him all his life. And because of our society, he'll never, ever be what he needs to be. A team player. So if somebody in this Managua team thinks more highly than themselves, will it affect the whole team or will it not? Yes. Well, let me ask you another question. What if somebody in this team looks around at the other people and goes, Oh my goodness. I don't have worth like that. I don't have those skills. I don't have the, I mean, we have everything. There's Pastor Dave and then there's ministry interns. And we got a dentist and we got eye doctors and we got nurses and we got former CEOs and we got every, you name it, we got it. So what if one of them goes, as they look at that group, and they give a little testimony. I'm a PhD, I'm going to Why am I on this team? So if a person has too low a value of what they're worth, would that also affect the team? Absolutely. Now, where did that lie come from? Comparing ourselves. We all do it. What was your SAT? What was your points in, in school? 3.7, 3.8. Anybody about a Tui? And glad you got a Tui? Here's another picture. You kind of remember the movie Castaway, maybe, do you? Well, when you think of old Tom here, uh, he only had to compare himself to his little friend here in the ball. That's about as good as it got. Because there were no other humans there, were there? There was no other humans. This is the way we need to look at our lives. We're not to compare ourselves with others. Do we? Yes. Let's say to ourselves tonight, put your hand like this. And then like this. Say this. Stop it. That's right. Because we do, don't we? I mean, the Bible says don't do it. Because then I'm going... There's two reactions when I compare myself to somebody. What are they? I'm better than them, baby. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Or, what am I doing here? Is that, am I right? Very often we go, well, I'm equal with you. But you're going to see, now you say, well, why are you spending all this time? I want to get to the gifts. Tell me about leadership. You all understand leadership if you have the wrong attitude about it. And you can't be useful. So that's why I'm spending all this time going through it. By the way, I'm not doing this. Paul's doing it. He's the one that challenged us tonight. Now, so how do we go? Back to Romans 12. We go to number three. Balanced thinking. Sound, sober thinking as God thinks. In other words, that word sober means to be in one's right mind. To have the mind of Christ. I want to see, I want to see how God sees me. This healthy self-image. And as I see that then I begin, to, I begin to understand how God's going to use and, and mold my life. So look at, but rather, in 12.3, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In other words, in one's right mind, in accordance with the measure of faith, God has given you. So this self-image that's healthy is the way that God sees me. 
And we just have this, this principle, if I remain in the Word of God, as I go through the Word of God, I'm always reminded that I belong, that God loves me, that I'm no better than anybody else, that we're a team, that God can use anybody. He used Gideon. Remember when he came to Gideon, he says, oh, Gideon, oh, man of valor, whatever. Gideon goes like, say, who are you talking to? I'm the only one in the room, but it can't be me. Remember Moses? Same thing. Not me. Can't speak. Can't do. Can't whatever. God says, go for it. So it's important. Now turn one more passage quickly. John chapter 15. Jesus says, here's here's the balanced thinking. Jesus says this. I'm the vine. You are the branches. That kind of makes a statement. By the way, if there's no vine... If the vine isn't alive, what happens to the branches? (laughs) You all know that, don't you? If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Oh, and by the way, apart from me, you can do nothing. So here's the statement. It's very simple. This brings the balance to my worth. Without God, I can do nothing of eternal significance at all. But with God, I'm very fruitful and productive. When you see that, it reminds us again of the worth. Now, 2 Corinthians 3, 5 I have the NIV and the New Living. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. New Living Translation. It is not that we think we can do anything of lasting value by ourselves. Our only power and success comes from God. Now, let's just take a look and we'll say these are the seven motivational gifts. Do we have enough for the spiritual gifts? Well, close, whatever. Okay? Which one of these has more worth? (laughs) Wrong. Which one has more worth? Let's say somebody has the gift of leadership. Somebody has the gift of giving. Somebody has the gift of teaching. Which has more worth up here? Which has more worth? Are they equal? They're equal. Now, what if they all had the gift of teaching? Would they be equal? They'd be equal. Now, I want you to see this because if you'll get this, it'll help you always think properly about who you are And how other people are. Now you just said that these people up here are all equal. Here's the reason they're equal. Who is this person, if she's a believer, yoked with? Next. Who is she yoked with? And if I go down the row, what makes them equal? God. Doesn't matter, high, tall, small, wide, old, young, God. That's it. If I'm yoked with God, I mean, this is the guy. This is the one that makes me worth anything. Without him, I can do nothing. But whatever he calls me to do, we're working together. I can do it. But is it my worth? No, just think about if I'm out of here. I'm not worth anything. But with him, I'm worth everything because I belong. I'm adequate. I'm loved. And I'm secure. Ooh, hallelujah. 
That's the balance. Thanks, guys, so much. That's the balance. So as we begin these gifts, that's the truth. That's where it comes from. It's God esteem. It's God esteem. Now, one more statement for you to write down. We're not insignificant, but we're also not indispensable. But God has designed us to change the world. Melinda and I came to this state in 1969. I walked into the administrator's office of the hospital. He just had offered me a few weeks before the directorship. As a young kid, 25, whatever. He sent me in his office. And he got a cup of water out. And he said, in case you think, just because you're director, you're something. He said, you're not indispensable. And he stuck his finger in the water. And he said, when you remove it, nothing changes. He said, when you leave this job, this job will go right on. This world will go right on. And if you think the one, just put your finger in a bucket of water anytime. Remove it. That's about how much worth you have if you think you're indispensable. I never forgot it. Well, Pastor Mark, when you leave this church, when the world will have in this church, God help me. When I leave this church, this church will go right on with God. Because it isn't me. You guys are yoked with God. It's not my church. It's his church. Sometimes we have to be careful who we think we are. Be careful. So here's a statement you want to write. When we are thinking correctly about ourselves, then we can operate our gifts and advance God's kingdom. Look at this verse. Jeremiah 9. Here's the key for us, guys. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, or the strong man boast in his strength. Let me add one for the ladies. Or the beautiful lady in her wisdom and her shape and her face and the beautiful hair. Or the rich man boasts and is rich, but let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, who exercises kindness and justice and righteousness on the earth. For in these I delight. Guys, our worth is not something behind your name. It's not your address. It's not what you drive. It's not your 403. It's not how you look. It's not what other people think about you. It's who God says you are. And you were worth it all because he went to the cross for you. Every single one of us in here. But the world's waiting to hear it. He died for them as well. You and I, we have significance because we are salt and light. We're ambassadors. And as we go out there for him and use our gifts, then we're very useful. How do you think about yourself? Too high, too low, or just right? the way God thinks. That's the way we want to think. God help us. What's your thinking about the gifts God's given to you? Are you happy with them? Do you even know what they are? 
Well, Pastor Mark taught today that whatever it is you've been given, it's important. God's given gifts to everybody. Everybody. Pastor Mark talked about their use and the fact that just like all the parts of your physical body, all the parts of Christ's body are critical. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Well, that wraps up this section of Pastor Mark's teaching in his series called God's Motivational Gifts. Next time, he'll start part three of this series. Continuing on in Romans 12, Pastor Mark will talk about the importance of the gifts that each member of the body of Christ has. You'll learn more about thinking about yourself and your gifts from God's viewpoint. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. Together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world